0: Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. And I am thrilled today to be joined by two powerhouses in the East African legal environment, both of us joining from ALN Kenya and Jawala and Khanna with both of the firm's co-managing partners, this being Daniel Gumi and Rosa Duati Mutero. And it is a very exciting time for us to be talking, considering the amount of changes that have been going on at both the firm specifically and the wider ALN alliance. In the last year, we've had everything from a rebrand to Rosa and Daniel's election as co-managing partners. We've had Nigerian heavyweight Aluko Oyabodi joining the ALN Alliance, and we've had the recent hire of James Karanja to further develop the tax team, which I know is a big focus for the firm. So about as a, uh, a timelier podcast as I can think of, and let's dive right into into things and rosa i'm i'm going to start with with you and it's a question aligned with your one of your specific areas of practice which is cross border mna and your experience here is you know extensive and my question is you know having this alliance of firms across the continent by virtue of the aln alliance it must simplify these kinds of multi-jurisdictional and cross-border transactions. And this is particularly relevant considering that ALN has recently incorporated uh, Nigerian powerhouse, Aluko Oyabadi, into the alliance. So tell us what was the main rationale behind the network's expansion into Nigeria? What are the key benefits that both ALN Kenya and Diwala and Kana, and more importantly, your customers can expect from this?
1: Um, Thank you, Thomas. And may I start by thanking you for having Daniel and I um, with you today. It's a real pleasure for us to be um, having this conversation.
0: You are more than welcome, Rosa.
1: So diving right into your question uh, in terms of what uh, bringing on and Noyebodo did, uh, or, or does for us as a network. As you know, um, ALN is, ally- is an alliance of um, top farms in the region. And what we are really trying to sell is one region and one vision. And I know all of us will agree that um, having a powerhouse of Nigeria um, and a top farm like Aluko and Oyebedo can only um, augment that one region and one vision. And for me in particular, uh, our, in m and practice, we do a lot of cross-border work. And what we really sell to our clients is um, international expertise with local knowledge. And Aluko and Oyebedo bring both those things to us um, when we are doing our MA work because they have a lot of depth locally in the Nigerian market. They have international best practice, um, even from, the, from their governance structures all the way to the way they do their work and the quality of their work. And so for us, Aluko was a very easy fit into the ALN Alliance, and they are helping us with um, clients who are already doing quite a bit of work with them before they joined the network formally. And what they've done joining the network is um, we formalized that um, excellence into our M&A practice. So when we are doing acquisitions, mergers right across the continent, not only for Nigeria market or the Kenya market, but also in other other markets in Africa, they are able to bring um, local expertise you do know that Nigeria is uh, of course, one of the largest economies in Africa. And so they have a lot of local expertise in various areas, whether you think about um, the extractive industries, whether you think about FCMG, whether you think about financial services, all these are areas that Taluku has a lot of experience in from their own local market. And that is experience that um, together with experience already with the other ALN members, we can then use to ensure we give International standard service to our clients um, across the region.
0: And I, you know, my personal experience with with uh, Alucos has always been phenomenal. I, I was I was very excited, and also thought quite the coup when I saw that that news announced. And Daniel, anything to to add on this point?
2: Well, um, I think you know one of the things that we find really exciting about uh, Aluko and Oyebode joining. Is that we have uh, various industry groups that we think will really deepen. So, for instance, we're already finding lots of collaboration areas. Uh, our private clients team is already working quite closely with uh, Aluko and Oil private clients team. Um, we have our colleagues in the projects and infrastructure space and energy, where um, you know they are very well known in the in the energy sector, particularly in oil and gas in West Africa. And we think that there's potential to collaborate across Africa on such sort of issues. So, so it's very exciting, it's a, an exciting new development for us. As you say, it depends our ability to um, undertake cross-border transactions, um, particularly on areas that will, out of necessity, require that we collaborate across the African continent. Another example is uh, trade with the Africa continental free trade area and where there's already lots of discussions between ourselves in Nairobi, Alukun Oyaboday in Nigeria, and other firms within ELN, because this will really require uh, input from across the entire continent uh, in order to see it come to fruition. But it's very exciting, and we're looking forward to continuing to work with them.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, what the cherry on top here really is, is these are two firms that I've got, you know, a lot of personal exposure to, and it's, This is a group of collaborators. You know, it isn't a matter of ticking the box on the fact that the ALN network now has a firm. You know, these are groups of partners and law firm leaders who genuinely want to learn from each other and not wait for... a, a client request or a mandate to land on desks to go, oh, great, now we've got to work with, you know, the chaps over at Alucos. These are, you know, like you said, brainstorming on the private client matters and the trade issues is it's a proactive dialogue which is going on between these firms rather than just a, oh, good, now, now when we have the need for that Nigerian advice, we can talk to someone. You know, it's so much more than that. It's bringing together vast experiences of, running law firms managing law firms how you know different approaches to client management can yield better results so put a bunch of collaborative smart people into a room and you'll get good results and that's exactly what i uh, i see happening exactly here. so exactly. great to see and to go on a slightly different tack we we mentioned it in the opening but we've had james karanja recently join the firm uh, in the the tax team as head of that department. Now, I I think I know the answer here, Daniel. But this this is a significant coup. Am I right? And how do you see his practice and and specialism enhancing the firm's current product offerings?
2: Um. Thank you, Tom. I think you know. Uh, you know, James has uh, significant experience in international tax issues. Before he joined our firm, he had been with the OECD. Um, He was leading a project known as Tax Inspectors Without Borders, uh, based out of Paris. And uh, before that, with Kenya Revenue Authority. In total, I would say probably about 22, 23 years in total. Uh, Before joining us, he had a short stint with Anderson as the head of transfer pricing. Now, what we have seen um, in Kenya, not just in Kenya, but generally in this part of the world, <clears throat> Excuse me, has been the fact that um, when you look at um, international tra- tax issues, um, the, all the revenue authorities um, in East Africa in particular, and Africa as a whole, have increasingly been focusing on areas to do with transfer pricing, areas to do with um, ensuring that there is a, a right split of revenue between um, cross-border parties, and a lot of the issues that have been emanating about global uh, minimum tax, and some of the issues to do with you know creation of permanent establishments, lots of tax issues that have out of uh, necessity um, uh, needed um, deep expertise in transfer pricing. So what James does for us, and not just for us as a, as in Kenya, in Kenya, but in fact across ELN, is because he brings this depth of um, knowledge, depth of knowledge of um, of ability to deal with cross-border tax matters, and particularly those that will, out of necessity, um, require collaboration between firms. So, so James, we see him as a resource that will be invaluable for the growth of our capacity to offer international tax advice um, to assist particularly where the revenue authorities across the countries that we work, we work in are looking at um, transfer pricing disputes to bring in a lot of depth of knowledge in terms of capacity building within the various member firms within ALN and and, and someone who will help then grow um, that part of our offering. So between myself and my partner Ken in tax we're very excited about this and we know that um, across ALN um, the ALN member firms are also very excited with this new development because it also gives them um, a lot of depth in terms of their international tax offering.
0: So Daniel, this this sounds like a lot more than just a, you know, uh, ALN now has a, you know, tax, uh, you know, practice area. This, this sounds like something which is the firm look to the client kind of work that you're being asked to advise on, the kind of issues that you're having to solve. And when... What kind of hires and what kind of specialisms would enhance the overall client experience and our problem solving ability in multiple engagements? So rather than thinking of this as a now that we have this you know, extra tax um, knowledge, people will come to us with more tax problems as a kind of bilateral um Customer acquisition strategy. It's far more than that by the sounds of it. This is something that can value add in so many different areas. You know, show me a customer that doesn't have a tax issue lingering somewhere uh, and I'll eat my hat. Uh, So is it more about looking at how you can add value to, to all existing and, you know, newly onboarded customers rather than just being able to sell a tax product in isolation?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely, Tom. The, the thing is, you know, we've had a tax practice for uh, for, for many years now. Um, but between myself and uh, my partner, Ken, um, you know, we've been growing this tax practice, I think. Uh, we started it off in 2014. So for the last um, eight, nine years, we've uh, become the foremost tax practice. And, um, and we looked at that way in the marketplace. Um, what we have seen in the shift in the market has been new and renewed focus on international tax issues. And therefore, um, James joining us, uh, particularly focusing on international tax matters and focusing on transfer pricing has been um, quite a coup because we now have um, you know, our clients um, and particularly those who are multinationals have always had international tax issues and concerns uh, but they in the marketplace, finding someone who has the kind of depth and ability has been a bit of a shortcoming. And therefore, for Anjawala and Kana to have that type of in-house expertise goes to the point that we, 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 we make to our clients that we are a one-stop shop. We are able to provide services across borders. Um, and uh, it goes to the fact that um, when we collaborate very well with our ALN member firms, we are one ALN and able to deliver our, an offering that um, is at the highest of its ability anywhere in the world.
0: This is great to hear, and I think that makes a lot of sense. It does. It has always irked me slightly when you know there's fantastic services being offered by law firms, but then they are having to, uh, you know, say farewell even for a, a moment as that client went over to the Big Four, for example, to go get that international tax expertise, which was you know uh, lacking up until this point. And it sounds like that's certainly not a a farewell that the firm are going to have to. You know, say anymore, which is which is good news in in my book. Um, I'm moving on to my, I think probably my favorite question that I'm going to ask today because it has all about management and leadership and personal development and change. And this is the stuff that really gets me, you know, excited. I, I love, you know, finding out about what makes managing partners tick and uh, uh, and you know what their ambitions are. And relatively new for both of you into this wonderful co-managing partner role. So instead of just saying, what's it been like? I think that's that's a, a dull approach. I will say, what has surprised you both the most about the step up? You know, what, what has presented itself that you really didn't think would be a big issue, but has been one of the challenges you've really enjoyed uh, grappling with? What, what surprised you? And I'll start with Rosa, if I may.
1: Um, thank you. Thank you, Tom. I think the, the, the first thing to do to be able to answer your question properly is perhaps to give a bit of background um, as to why Daniel and I chose um, to have a core uh, managing partner role as opposed to a singular one like we had before um, with our predecessor, Karim, who did an excellent job. Um, we are coming on a background of what we feel is a very meritocratic partnership. Um, we have perhaps one of the most diverse partnerships you'll find on, 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 on the continent. We have 26 partners and we probably represent about um, uh, seven nationalities amongst ourselves. Not, don't even go back, uh, go down to drill onto what those nationalities further present. And Darlene and I were were looking to offer our partnership, what is a generational transition um, from from our senior partners to to ourselves. We also were looking to offer gender balance um, uh, to to not only the partnership and not only internally to the firm, but also to Kenya and the region. And um, what we are saying is that diversity is really the key to success in today's world. And so very surprisingly, um, Tom, when we thought that um, diversity was what we were offering, that has become one of our very exciting challenges because you can imagine trying to pull um, all those together just in our farm uh, here in Kenya and then uh, regionally and ALN as a whole, pulling that diversity so that we are true to the one region, one vision, one ALN um, uh, tagline is not not as easy, of course, as we would have thought. What we have learned fairly quickly is um, just what collaboration means and what it means to to be able to ensure that everyone is really on board and you're not carrying some people even though they're in the minority, just because the majority are agreed. And I think we've learned um, How to ensure we have individual conversations even as we have um overarching global discussions and decisions being made and the fact of having the two of us with um, two hands each has made that relatively easier than if it was just one of us um, doing it so between us we are very careful to uh, uh, understand and agree what is the diversity we are dealing with on this particular decision we need to make who needs to be on the table and how do we ensure whilst we uh, 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 target a global agreement, we also ensure individual issues are also um, dealt with. And this is across not only just the partnership, even our staff um, and the individuals we are managing, from our heads of departments to our different practice areas to our business services. We just find our diversity really exciting um and 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 are uh, taking it as a challenge that um we hope through the years and through our leadership we can actually combine and bring um um even closer together by the time we are done um with our m p position
0: uh, rosa your your comments remind me of the old adage that a successful business is realizing you have two ears and one mouth, and uh may I say that you now have four ears uh which is even better when it comes to listening which I think is the most essential component of of leadership here you know the the law firm structure the partnership I don't think it was ever envisioned of of being something that looked after businesses of the size that we're seeing law firms turn into now you know this was a partnership structure traditionally with two uh, and now we we're at 26 in the case of you know just Angela and Kana, a Kenya let alone, the entire ALN network. So we've had to approach things differently. You know, we haven't tried to totally reinvent the wheel, but things like diversity, things like a collaborative approach to leadership, things like a co-managing partner role, I think all of these things are to be applauded because they do show progress and a willingness to progress, even if that takes a little bit of time and nuance and, and shepherding. Uh, so Daniel on the back of Rosa's comments and that that great bit of extra context what what are the surprises that are, that have hit you here what what was scribbled in your notebook that you've had to scratch out and what has been written in in big bold letters as the kind of problems you're gonna to have to solve but didn't necessarily envisage
2: yeah so I think I think also in terms of giving additional context to what we set off to achieve, uh, you know, Rosa and I really spent a lot of time thinking about what is our, our vision, what is our mission, and how do we really want to look back and say um, we have achieved. Um, even as I answer that question, so one of the things that we we started off and we thought that we want to continue doing is to continue building dominance on the African continent. You know, we we know that um, Karim, when he was managing partner, did a great job of. Um, of, of bringing um, ANK to the very forefront and, uh, and, and building a firm that was rated as a Taiwan firm. And over the course of time, that Taiwan firm has now grown across borders uh, to other firms. And the second thing that we have um, sought to achieve is to continue together with our partners to build a truly pan-African law firm, which provides integrated business solutions across the African continent. And therefore, what, what we are increasingly doing is that we are shifting from your traditional law firm, where you, you would offer um, you know, straight legal services. We're now effectively providing um, add-on services, for example, forensics. Uh, we've just spoken about transfer pricing, which traditionally you would have found in, in some of the audit firms. And, and therefore, when we think about um, how would we want to see success and when you look back at success in maybe another four years when Rosa and I uh, will be coming to towards the end of, um, of our initial sort of term, would be to think about how what is our value system within the firm? Has that been maintained and enhanced? Have we stayed true to our culture? Thinking about our partnership unity and collaboration within the partnership, cohesiveness within the partners, our ability to attract and retain top talent, um, and, and growth of the firm, whether you're looking at it from business lines and practice lines, whether in terms of um, of, of our profitability and our perception uh, with external um, um, uh, stakeholders. So a lot of our effort is really going into making sure that we're continuing to grow. I think one of the things has been um, ensuring that we're attracting and retaining the top talent, and we are seeing that being represented by some of the strategic hires that we have begun doing and thinking about how we are going to ensure that our very talented team of lawyers, who are eager to take on the world, um, remain focused and challenged in terms of growing and achieving what they need, um, their their dreams and ambitions within our firm. And and uh, and uh, and our focus in terms of uh, our talent is uh, is an area where we we have then sought to engage with them. So one of the things that one of the very interesting challenges that Rosa and I took up was to actually meet and speak to every single group um, as soon as we became joint MPs. So we spent time with um, with our associates, we spent time with our senior associates, we spent time with our business uh, services teams, and we, we we fully sort of delved into the things that um, that they need to um, that that bother them on a day to day basis, and how they can uh, be part of the machine that ensure us that we grow to the next level. So this has been a very exciting challenge um, in terms of working with them. Um, Rosa has been in charge of working with groups within the team, including our CSR teams amongst others. I have been working with the men in what we call the He Matters. And we're seeing that that is something that has been quite an exciting challenge, um, watching how um, our, our talent, um um supports us and is eager to help us uh, in achieving our ambitions and our goals
0: i couldn't agree more you know i think businesses are more and more realizing at the absolute treasure trove that they have at their fingertips via their people and empowering those people to speak up and come up with ideas everyone from you know, uh, the, the the lowest uh, level is a term I hate, but the uh, you know the most entry level members of staff, all the way up to you as managing partners, it's that sense of empowerment which I feel is absolutely vital. And it sounds like you guys are really putting the right foot forward with that regard, sitting down, listening with every listening with everyone in the the entire organisation, and making sure they feel heard because the quickest way to disempower and disenfranchise is to make someone feel like they're not being listened to. And, you know, you touched upon the CSR component, and that does lead me to uh, to my final question uh, for today. And it's one that I'd like Rosa to take on, given your passion for the environment and creating a, a circular economy, both locally and, and across the entire continent. And a lot of this Kind of energy has been focused on the firm's participation in anti-plastic uh, legislation and, and uh, attitudes via the the flip-floppy campaign, which we've we've had great fun covering via Africa Legal. So. Where does this new leadership position leave you when it comes to this issue and others that are close to your heart? Do you feel like you're in a position where you can, you know, really drive the firm's agenda when it comes to these these CSR matters that are close to your heart? Or, you know, what what other challenges do you really think the firm... Could grapple with and assist with that you wouldn't traditionally associate with an with a East African and a, a Pan African law firm.
1: Um, thank you, Thomas. This is really an exciting question for me, um, uh, both personally but also as managing partner. Um, before I became managing partner, I I I, I was um, I still am the patron of our corporate social responsibility um, program, and I also sit on the pro bono um, committee. And we've had very exciting uh, times within those two committees in the type of work that um, we have done for society. And our split really between our our corporate social responsibility and our pro bono work is, our pro bono work, we send our brains, that's the legal minds that we have. And our CSR work, we send our brawn, which is um, the money that we can raise in our hands and feet because we don't send our money where our hands and feet can't go. So if we are challenging something like Flip Floppy, which is one of our anchor uh, organizations that we support, we support them through both our pro bono work, um, uh, which I will elaborate in a second, but also through our CSR work, which is to send our money and our brawn, our strength, where we go and support physically the work that is being done. But, uh just to turn on what I meant by saying it's very exciting for me also as managing partner, leave alone my individual um, uh, excitement and work around this, is that as a firm, we are really geared towards raising the rule of law um, in, 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 in Kenya and in Africa. It is really our vision that um, in each of the countries that we operate uh, and in the whole region of Africa that we are able to raise the rule of law in those countries. And the rule of law comes through um, uh, raising ESG standards, so to speak. So whilst governance is is really important, societal and environmental changes and what we can do there is also quite critical. So we've always played a role in governance and we needed to see how we expand that and Flip Floppy for us um, strengthened our E in the ESG Because with it, we were able to put our talent into uh, focusing on this program where we can help with the elimination of single-use plastics. I won't go into the detail of that. But what I can be able to say to you as a managing partner is that ability to um, uh, relay what we have done or replicate what we've done with elimination of single-use plastics to very many other um, worthy courses and what the areas of concern on our continent is something that we are looking to do and we're already doing um, in terms of expansion. So Flip Floppy for us was a, a, a prototype and a place where we could demonstrate our capabilities across borders because we've managed to help Flip Floppy um, uh, take their campaign and also with the legislative framework, not only in Kenya, but on the East African um. Uh, community, and then further out into all the other uh, places where we have ALN farms. And that's that's the prototype we've built, and that's what we are looking to do with other um, worthy courses. So as managing partner, this is something that um, Daniel and I agreed on, is something we want every uh, person, every staff member, every employee on a regional basis in ALN to have passion for. And they don't have to be in single plastics, they can pick something else. And in that something else, we can make sure that um, piece by piece, we can play our part on raising the rule of law in Africa.
0: That's fantastic! I think a very holistic approach to the you know CSR. You know, back in the day, you mentioned CSR to a law firm, and they'd talk about how they do a couple of hours pro bono. And now we're talking about a firm that's created a case study for the successful elimination of single use plastics with within a, a a specific region. Which I think you're ideally placed to take on a regional and a a continental level, you know, through the network. There's nothing more powerful than a case study paired with a bit of passion. And I think you have both of those in abundance, Rosa. So that's great to hear. And I I, I hate to say that does bring us to the end of this uh, edition of the Africa Legal podcast. And I would like to say a very big thank you to Rosa and Daniel for joining me today.
2: Thank you very much, Tom we really enjoyed this conversation
1: with you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. A real pleasure.
2: My
0: pleasure both. And as always, a very big thank you to you, our listeners of the Africa Legal Podcast. If you are new to the series, you can find us wherever you find your other podcasts. This is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or SoundCloud. We like to say you name it, we are there. If you want to find out more about Anjawala and Kana and the wider ALN Alliance, pop that into Google or search for ALN on africalegal.com. You can also find more out about Rosa and Daniel specifically through their linked biographies in this podcast description. So without further ado, and after a wonderful conversation, this is Tom, Rosa and Daniel. We're signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast.